Lake Baptist Church. It's Holy Week, and it is Wednesday of Holy Week in 2023. And I thought uh, this week I would um, stop in the middle and be of uh, hopefully some encouragement. I've been doing what was called uh, the prayer meeting um, on midweek, and I thought this week in particular I would just take a moment to uh, talk about a certain subject related to Holy Week and hope it will be uh, something that will get our minds prepared for Easter and prepared for uh, our time together for worship, but um, also just for our daily walk. One of the things that I meditated on recently was that of the story and the account of Judas. We know that that is part of one of the things we look at in the Easter account as we see where uh, Judas betrayed our Lord as it was determined and he was told to go do what he did quickly. Um, but one of the things that had come to mind that's not um, normally on my mind is that of the fact that Judas was an apostle. And he was one in which Jesus prayed for and chose. He was an apostle who evidently performed miracles of an apostle and it went out to preach the gospel to others. He had seen um, the same thing the others had seen. He had heard the same things others heard. But what was the difference in his life was that he didn't love Jesus. Now, as I think about that, I think it, it teaches foremost something for Christian leadership, and that is Jesus intentionally chose one man of the twelve who would betray him according to scripture of course that is foremost to fulfill the scriptures but it's also i believe to teach us an applicable lesson about ministry does it not say in matthew 7 that many will come and say to me lord lord did we not and list all the accolades as to why um why they should be uh, admitted to heaven, why they should be accepted of the Lord. And he says that he will tell them he never knew, knew them, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Well, I think the case of Judas really gets at the heart of a major problem in misunderstanding conversion. Many people believe because they've done great things. They have preached great messages. They have done good deeds that they're going to heaven, but the Bible says that your heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And therefore, there's a heart change that is needed. There needs to be a change from the inside out in our lives because we have been born totally depraved. Not that we are as evil as we could be, but we have all of the seed to be uh, to, to do sin, to rebel against God, and that we do. We reject Him. We turn from Him. We hate Him until God comes by His Spirit and regenerates us and makes us new. Well, Judas was not regenerate. Judas didn't love Jesus, but Judas was in the ministry. Judas performed many of the, the deeds and the miracles. He preached the sermons. All those things did not make him a Christian. Because what makes someone a Christian is their heart has been changed to love Jesus. Now, that could, that could cause some people to unnecessarily doubt their salvation. And I want to speak to that a moment. 
I read an article recently in the Banner of Truth magazine for the March edition, and it spoke about the supremacy of God's Word over our accusing hearts. There are times where our frame, of course, is prone to go towards um, self-doubt, condemning our hearts. We see that in 1 John. If if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Um, and so we need to be reminded of that as well, that if there is a just a spark of love for our Lord, we know that that has been put there by the sovereign grace of God. Let's go over the gospel a minute. Before all eternity, God chose us in his son, Jesus Christ, and he effectually called us in time to come to himself. And we came. We came willingly in the day of his power because he, he caused us to want him. He caused us to want to come to him. That doesn't happen naturally. That's a supernatural move of Almighty God. And he did that in us. And so we cried faith unto him and we asked him to forgive us of our sins and to receive us. And the Bible says that he won't cast anyone out who comes to him like that. The Bible tells us very clearly that he is a compassionate, a loving, and gracious Lord. Anyone who comes to him will be saved. The one who believes in their heart that God raised from the dead, confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, will be saved. None are disappointed that come to him. Even the smallest faith is still saving faith. Judas did not have that. The Christian is justified before God. Therefore, they are declared legally righteous before God. They are given hope and peace and joy and access to God at the moment of conversion. They belong to him and he belongs, he belongs to us. But that's just the entrance on in to the family of God. You're now part of the family of God. He has saved you. You are justified. You are completely righteous in Christ. He has put his righteousness on your account. He has taken the sin of your account and exchanged it. He has put that sin on his son, and he did so on the cross. He bore all our sins, so he's able to forgive us all our sins, and he promises to do that if we trust him and put our faith in Christ alone apart from human works. But that's the entrance the essence of salvation is that he brings us in union with his son, Jesus Christ, so that we would delight in the triune God, that we would delight in the Father, the Father's love. We would delight in the Son's grace. We would delight in the Holy Spirit's fellowship. And it's even more than that. Not only do we get the the wonderful union and the essence of salvation to know him and love him and to be known by him in life. But we also now are uh, able to experience the benefits of redop uh, redemption where we are redeemed from our sins so that we may display the holiness, the beauty of the Lord's holiness to all the world. And it's even more than that. The essence of salvation takes us into the wonderful doctrine of adoption as sons. When we speak of adoption as sons, we're not disregarding daughters, but we're saying sonship in regards to the, the, the language that Paul the Apostle uses in regards to legal standing with God. And we're not only legally justified, but we are legally adopted by God so that we are his children and we, where we cry, Abba, Father. Do you call God your Father? Do you call on him? 
um, from the heart saying, Father, um, when you pray, God put that there by his Holy Spirit. He's made you his children being heirs together with Christ to God. God loves you and me who are in Christ just like he loves his son Jesus because we are in Jesus Christ in union with him and we are redeemed from sin and we are adopted. And this leads us to one more thing in the gospel and that is sanctification. The good news includes not merely that he has declared us righteous, but that he is making us righteous. That he who became sin for us he did so who knew no sin, so that in him, in him, in union with him, being redeemed by him, being adopted as his sons, we now might um, display this righteousness of God that we, we have in Christ. We might be the righteous of God because he became sin for us. Sanctification is an ongoing work in our lives whereby we participate in the Son, in union with him, and we conquer sin. And we're promised that he who began a good work in us will bring us to, bring it to completion in the day of Christ. So we are constantly to be growing in the Lord from young to old. No matter how old of a Christian, how, how many years we have walked with Christ, we <clears throat> have the, the privilege to be growing in the Lord. And so this Easter, when we gather, we're not just gathering because it's just simply another routine. It's not another, another Sunday that we just gather. Every Sunday matters in the growth in the life of the Christian. Not just Easter Sunday, but every Sunday, every Lord's Day. And God has things to teach us and to grow us in every day, and but especially together with his people. So that's the gospel. That's the entrance of it. That's the essence of salvation. It's the good news of our salvation, the gospel of our salvation, which Ephesians 1 tells us and calls it that. The gospel, the good news of our salvation. Oh, dear believer, consider what God has done for you, what God is doing in you, and what God will do through you in your life. He deserves all the glory so that we would live for the glory of God. And we know all these things because of the scriptures alone. And they are sure and true to be trusted. Now, I began by speaking about Judas and the awful tragedy it is to have participated in ministry, to have done miracles, to have preached, to have been with Jesus and heard all the same things, done all the same things, and been an apostle and yet not know the Lord, not love the Lord. But isn't there a danger not just for apostles of the first century and not just for pastors and preachers of this century, but isn't there a danger for every church member throughout all time. And what a great responsibility is it for me, knowing these things, to tell you that the greatest need you have and I have is love, true love for God. May God give us a love for him if we don't have it. And if we do, may he grow our love. That's why Jesus said, abide in my love. And we'll be known by our love for one another. But it really, the heart of the matter is there's nothing more important than our hearts will be changed to love Jesus. Do you know today that Jesus Christ died for your sins? Do you know that he loves you? Well, if you do, 
then the response is to love him because he loved, we love. And I pray that God would inflame and encourage and fan the flame of our hearts to love him more. And I pray that all that I speak to in this time would truly be disciples of Jesus because, and they would know it, because their hearts have been changed so that they love God. So lovers of God, I look forward to celebrating Easter with you, but you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait to Easter to experience salvation and to begin enjoying him and glorifying him. It just goes on increasingly from the very moment you believe. So if you don't believe, I call you to trust Jesus Christ of the Word of God, the Bible, born in Nazareth to a virgin, who lived a perfect life, died for our sins on the cross, was raised the third day according to the Scriptures, appeared to many, and commissioned his disciples, sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, and is coming again to judge the living and the dead. I call you to put your faith in him and be saved all the earth and to go on glorifying him and fill the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I pray this for you, and I hope that you will be praying on this midweek, this week, leading up to Easter. God bless you, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at Church Sunday.